Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Friends, today is part two of a program I began on Genesis chapter 24. And before I started Genesis chapter 24, I explained several things, and I want to just refresh your memory. This chapter 24 deals with the marriage of Isaac and Rebekah. Now, it's very significant for several reasons. First of all, it is the first marriage between Isaac the Jew, he was the first Jew circumcised on the eighth day, and Rebekah, who was a Gentile. She was not a Jew. So the first Jewish wedding involves a marriage between Jew and Gentile. Isaac, as I told you previously, is a prophetic type and shadow of Jesus. Of course, he's a real person. This was a real marriage. Uh, This was a Jewish wedding and so forth. But Isaac, to Christians, represents Jesus in many different ways. You'll recall that in Genesis chapter 22, the Lord said to Abraham, you are to sacrifice your son, Isaac, your only son. And Abraham, in obedience, was willing to sacrifice his only son, once again speaking in type and shadow of what God would do with his only son, Jesus. And so Isaac represents Jesus. Abraham, of course, represents God the Father. He's a type of God the Father. His name, Abram, before it was changed, meant high exalted father. And Abraham means father of a multitude. So he's a type of God the Father, a real person. But for Christians, he represents God the Father. And then Rebecca appears in this story. For Christians, Rebecca is not only a Gentile marrying the Jewish Isaac, she's representative of the bride of Christ, which is made up of Jews and Gentiles. But Rebecca is wooed for this marriage, and she speaks to us prophetically of the bride of Christ. And I'll develop that a little bit as we go forward. And then there's another character. There's an unnamed servant of Abraham that's contained in this narrative, who goes searching for the bride. This unnamed servant seeking for the bride represents prophetically the Holy Spirit in type and shadow. And so let's look again at a few of these verses. In Genesis 24, verse 1, we read, Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had. So let's just stop right there. Back in Genesis 18, Abraham had no heir, and he prayed and said, Eliezer of Damascus is my heir. I need a natural-born son or a natural-born recipient to leave all my things to. And so this Eliezer of Damascus was mentioned in Genesis 18 as the senior servant at that time in Abraham's household. But now we're in Genesis 24, and more than 50 years have passed since Genesis 18, and the servant is not named. It just says the senior servant in the household. May or may not have been the same guy as chapter 18. But Abraham said, swear to me, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from among the daughters of the Canaanites with whom I'm living, but you go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. And so that was the plan. Go find a a bride for Isaac. And so the servant questions Abraham several times. And one of the questions he asks in verse 8, he says, If the woman is unwilling to come back, what should I do? And then Abraham says, You'll be released from this oath. But you're not going to take my son back there looking for a bride. You're released. If you find a woman and she refuses to come, she's released. Now, this willingness, if she's not willing to come, was very important. In fact, in this one chapter, several different ways, Rebecca is 
tested to see if she's willing. Even today, and I am speaking to you from modern times, if a woman is unwilling to get married and then she comes before someone like myself, a pastor or a legal marriage officiant, and it's known they are unwilling, you cannot have a legal marriage. And in fact, there are only two legal requirements for a marriage before a marriage officiant in the United States. You have to have a willing uh, male and a willing female, and you ask them, are you willing? And they say, yes, I'm willing. And there has to be witnesses to that effect. So the willing bride, Rebecca the willing bride, set down in this chapter 24, became the prototype for all Jewish weddings, all Jewish brides, and for all Christian brides. They must be willing. The old idea of a shotgun wedding is not valid. It's not legal because the parties have to do this willingly. So the two witnesses, they called her brother Laban and her mother, and and they said, listen to this. They asked Rebecca, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. And so the two witnesses affirmed that Rebecca was willing to go. We also get the tradition of a matchmaker in part from this chapter. This unnamed servant went looking for a bride for someone other than himself. And so this matchmaker was going through um, the homeland of Abraham and searching for a bride for Isaac and qualifying her to be the bride. In Judaism, even to this day, occasionally a matchmaker is used in the solicitation of a bride. And it goes back to this chapter. Later, there'll be additional support we get from Exodus chapter 19, where Moses was a matchmaker between the God of Israel and Israel. But the matchmaker tradition comes down by this unnamed servant searching for the bride for Isaac. We also get another tradition for the betrothal, giving a ring or giving a, a gift, and then the bride price. In Genesis twenty four fifty three, we read, Then the servant brought out gold and silver jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebekah. These are betrothal tokens. And he also gave costly gifts to her brother and her mother. This is the bride price. So we get support for this in Judaism, giving a betrothal token, which now has come down to a ring. And then costly gifts to the brother and mother represent paying the the price for the bride. In the Jewish and Christian tradition, this bride price and this betrothal token, the Holy Spirit is given as a token of our engagement to Jesus. The bride price was the death of our bridegroom, the Lord Jesus. He paid the price in full, is what the New Testament tells us. And so here in type and shadow, we see that forthcoming promise that will appear later in the New Testament. Then late in the chapter, Rebecca takes a veil and covers herself. A veil is still used in many different weddings. And the idea of the veil I'll talk about more in a moment. And then Isaac took his wife into the tent of his mother Sarah and married her. And this taking her into the tent gave rise to another tradition that is prevalent in modern Judaism. That's marriage under a hoopah. Uh, he married Rebecca under a tent. And so the, the hoopah represents the tent of Isaac and Rebekah. The hoopah also represents the canopy of the sky over Mount Sinai, where Israel married God the Father. And so the hoopah tradition from Genesis twenty four sixty seven comes in part or receives some support from the tent of Sarah. The hoopah also represents God's covering over our marriage. And so um, if you are a married person and you were married in the sight of God, the hooper represents the covering of Almighty God over your marriage. And then Rebecca's family blessed her. They said to her, our sister, may you increase 
to thousands upon thousands may your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. This blessing that they gave Rebekah later was expanded in Judaism to seven blessings. Many of them come from the scriptures. And so let's talk about Rebekah for a moment. She is characteristic of a good Jewish wife. In fact, the rabbis identify three critical characteristics for all wives from this chapter about Rebekah. First, she demonstrated compassion for the servant and his camels. We read, um, after she had given the servant to drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have enough to drink. Now, this was going above and beyond, this compassion for not only for the unnamed servant, knowing he was thirsty, but compassion for the animals. And so a good Jewish wife needs to be compassionate. Friends, a good Christian must also be a compassionate person. It's borne out all through the New Testament. Further, with Rebecca, she had to demonstrate modesty and humility. And so we saw how she deferred to the servant throughout the story. She also deferred to her brother Laban and her mother. She was very humble. And then late in the chapter, she veiled herself before even approaching Isaac. This speaks of her humility. She took a veil and covered herself. And so this modesty, humility. The people of God must be humble people. Both the Jews and the Gentiles are told through the scriptures to be humble. So that's compassionate and humble. And then there's one more characteristic the rabbis have drawn from uh, Rebecca's life for a perfect bride. And that's kindness and hospitality. In all of her interactions with the servant, uh, she was kind. She was hospitable. She said, come stay at our house. We have plenty of room at our house. This hospitality, uh, this kindness, this graciousness. The Lord requires that of his people. We're to be a hospitable people. So compassionate, humble, and hospitable. That's for Jew and Christian alike. The bride must be compassionate, humble, and hospitable. And the bride of Christ must be compassionate, humble, and hospitable. And so I want to pray now for these characteristics for each of us. Lord, first I pray over this chapter that was written first to the Jewish people. Lord, may they be the perfect bridal company for Almighty God. Lord, we pray that they and we alike would be full of compassion, full of humility, and full of hospitality. Lord, we recognize that you spoke prophetically through the Scriptures. These were real people that these things were written about, but you spoke prophetically to both Jew and Christian through these chapters. Lord, I ask that you would quicken to us the reality that we're to be people like Rebecca was, compassionate, humble, and hospitable. Lord, thank you for this type and shadow revealing to us, Lord, in this first Jewish wedding, Isaac's prophetic portrait of Jesus, Abraham's prophetic portrait of God the Father, and Rebecca's prophetic portrait of the Bride of Christ, and the Holy Spirit's role being similar to that of the unnamed servant, seeking for a bride for Jesus and preparing that bride for the wedding. We thank you for all of these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.